Mark Drumheller, the sports wagering wizard. He's joining us right now on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hair Line. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com, the sports wagering wizard. And I I was talking with Sina Jad in the earlier segment, Mark, and he said he loves PGA because it's a four-day sweat and nothing like a four-day sweat. Checking your bets lifts, DFS lineups, all that stuff. But um, you didn't have to wait. How many, how many seconds did you have to wait for your first bet today? 19 seconds a while, baby. Listen, Quite the sweat, thing. right? I don't like Minnesota, <laughs> but I like them tonight. Nice. Yeah, I saw Jared Smith of uh, Sports Grid, friend of the program, who uh, who likes Minnesota as well. But, yeah, you had him for first goal, and, I mean, 19 seconds in. Right, now, do you like the long, drawn-out sweat, or are you more of a, you know what, let's get it done early? Because I know you like a lot of first-period unders. Yeah, yeah, it, it depends. I mean, listen, it, with live betting, the game never stops, right? And that's the best part about it. So, um, like, I'm in on this Colorado game as well. I hit the first period under, I'm on the second period over, and then I bet the um, the game total over four and a half, the live over after the first period. So I just did that a few minutes ago. Um, so, you know, it never stops. So, like, the, the sweat and, the, you know, every – bet just kind of leads to new opportunities, especially with live betting. But we, we start off great tonight. Like I said, I had Minnesota Wild's first goal. Um, that hit in 19 seconds. And then I had Edmonton Oilers minus a half on the first half spread, um, uh, first period spread. And they they outscored them 4 yeah. nothing in the first Yeah, they're doing pretty well. So. They're up 6 nothing now at the end of the second. So I think they're doing pretty well tonight. Yeah, so that, that was an easy one. So we had two... You know, it is uh, our man Chris Exution likes to say rocking chair bets, uh, <laughs> where we were able to just sit back and and relax, you know, while they hit. And uh, you know, but I kind of followed it up. But like I said, I'm on Colorado. I hit the first period under there. Um, I'm on the second period over, and then I'm on the total, the live total over four and a half there. So hopefully the uh, the bets keep hitting, and we can have a good night. So we actually have a little eleven o'clock action. The Montreal Canadiens and the Canucks. They're facing off at 11 o'clock tonight. Any play there? Is there anything that you like in that that match you have tonight? No, not, but hey, maybe I'll take a peek at 11 o'clock at night. What are we, in Lake Tahoe? What are they doing playing 11 o'clock that makes me That makes me uh, want to do the line change after dark with you again, watching a game at 11 o'clock oh, at night. great. During the, during the restart? Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> what a we great era of the line, line change. <laughs> Every, um, Every like West Coast basketball game and, and West Coast hockey game, we were tearing apart. Um, we were just so thirsty for sports at that time because, you know, with COVID, it was crazy. There was nothing going on for so long. And, you know, we're staying up, you know, until five in the morning watching Korean baseball and, you know, all kinds of crazy Oh, my stuff. gosh. So Korean baseball. Yeah, the Korean baseball phase. Was... I would not like to repeat. No, 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 no. Not, not at all. And I, I think we, we hopefully don't ever have to repeat that time again. But. Uh, yeah, late night hockey. I do like it. Eleven o'clock. Look, minus one fifty two for the Canadians. They're the road team taking on Vancouver. Plus one thirty. The puck line one and a half. Again, Montreal the favorite, but plus one seventy on the money line for that. So, uh, anything interesting there? No, still, still, that's a pass for you. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see how it goes. Like if Vancouver scores first, maybe I'll look at Montreal live. Um, you know, it's. Uh, you know, I'll probably have to see how that goes. It's, it's going to see. Listen, if I hit these Colorado games, if I hit this Colorado second period over and the uh, 
you know, the, and the, the over for the four and a half, you know, I, I might just call call quits for the night and, you know, pack up and take my wins. So tomorrow, there are lines out for tomorrow's games in the NHL. Don't want to go over too many of them or go too in-depth, but the Flyers are taking on the Capitals at seven. Uh, what what are we making of the Flyers right now? Is I mean, is there any way to take advantage of them betting wise with the way they're playing, or are they just completely a whoa? What's happening? Uh, I'm not going near whatever the heck this is going on. Yeah, I mean the way their defense is playing, you want to look at overs, right? And they've been pretty much an over team predominantly on the season. Um, but it's just if I'm not betting the Flyers to win, I try not to bet it just because I'm emotionally invested, and then you know I could make. You know, you know, you, and then you get into live betting, and you know, I really want to do that with the hometown team. So, um, you know, if I'm if I play the Flyers, it's usually strictly money line. Um, but they've been an over team, and you know, the way their defense is playing, they're probably going to continue to be an over team for a little while. You know, just not doing enough in front of Carter Hart, and now Carter Hart a little shaky, right? Having all kinds of issues with the glove hand. That's a problem now, and uh, you know, they got to get them straightened out. I don't know what the answer is. Do they sit them a little bit? Do they? you know, give the defense time to kind of recommit to their assignments because they're just, you know, letting people skate all over the place and, and pepper away on them. And I, I just, I don't know, man, it doesn't look good. You know, yeah, there's, there's I, so much I, promise going into the season. Yeah, and that's what I, I wanted to ask you as well because this is becoming one of the, the next, oh my God, are we really talking about this again conversations? But Carter Hart is not playing well. That was probably his worst game and. Uh, I mean, after the, the press conference after the game certainly made a lot of headlines because usually very calm, collected, and he didn't look any of that in the press conference last night after his performance. I mean, what what are we looking at here? Is this just, it's hockey and he's 22 years old and he goes through it, or is there a legit concern about, all right, maybe there's something really wrong with this guy? No, I mean, listen, he's not playing well, right? He's a 22-year-old kid who's not playing well, and... You know, success as a goalie is never linear, right? It's never just on the incline. You're going to have peaks and valleys. That's part of it, you know. And, you know, to be a good goalie, you have to be wired a certain way. You have to have a certain mental toughness. I think Carter Hart has done that or he wouldn't have gotten this far in his career. Um, So he is going to go through it. And, you know, I like that he's emotional. I like that he recognizes that, you know, he's not getting it done and and things aren't, you know, the way they should be, you know. And and you want him to kind of – as long as that energy is driven in the right place and he's not lashing out his teammates and the coaches and things like that, you know, you, you want to see him go through it. It stinks because, like I said, we came into the season with a lot of promise. Like, I was so excited after the way they performed in the playoffs. Not the way it ended, but how they did in the round robin and how they got there last year that I thought things were really on the upswing. And they're just kind of middling around the middle of the pack and, you know, just not good enough defensively to get it done. And it's been a story for a long time. You know what I mean? So that's it's kind of understand with Niskanen, like he retired. So you know some things caught him off guard, but uh, they really have to you know figure out how they're going to shore up this defense because they have the goalie. They just need to play well in front of him. Let him get some confidence back. I think they'll be fine, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, it seems like it is going to take a little bit of time. And, uh, you know, the Flyers might have that. Obviously, it would have been great if this season they would do well. And there's still opportunity for that, but they have time to get their goalie right. And I think that's priority number one right now. Get your potential superstar goaltender right and see if uh, you can get him back on track. Because if he does, obviously, that means long-term success 
for the Flyers. We're talking with Mark Drumheller and the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline at X underscore Drumheller. You can find him on Twitter. Just did, what What was it? What, what do you call the show you did today? Betting, uh, betting for breakfast? Betting for breakfast. We did a little night edition. So, you know, everybody likes breakfast for dinner. Oh, breakfast while, for so. dinner is a top five dinner. Absolutely. 100%. So we had to give it to the people. Big golf tournament coming up this weekend. Players championship. Um, so, you know, we broke it all down. Me and my guy, Dave Gleckner, we had Chris McGinnis on. And uh, we broke it down, man. We got some winners. Those two are ringers, man. They know golf in and out. Dave was actually at Sawgrass. So he's been there personally in 2016. So a lot of good insight. We had a lot of fun, fun talking golf. And, uh, you know, hopefully these bets hit, man. I love it. And nothing like a crisp... Uh crispy brick of scrapple for uh, dinner at night. That sounds good to me. Uh, but I want to do uh, I do want to get into college basketball with you and we are cooking up something for Sunday for Selection Sunday so everybody tune in for that or at least pay attention for that all the details at Fox PHL Gambler on Twitter. But this is the time of year where obviously a lot of people may be tuning in for the first time, seeing a lot of these teams for the first time. Uh, I'm sure that's not the case for you, but what are some teams that people should be looking at? Like if, you know, pay attention to this team, watch them before the tournament and see if you like them. They're a team that I really like. You know, what are some of those teams that we should be watching? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people recently are on Loyola. It's as crazy as that sounds just because of how good they are defensively. You know, and they're interested in where they're going to fall selection Sunday, right? Are they going to be like, is it going to be an 8-9 thing? You know, are they going to be an 8 seed or are they going to be lower? Are they going to be able to catch, like, you know, is it going to be a 6-10 situation um, or a 6-11 situation? So that is going to be interesting as far as, like, where they get seated, who they end up playing, and what their path is. Because I think that they're a team, because they play so well defensively, that they could make some noise early in the tournament. You know what I mean? And they could really, especially if they get in a situation where they're an eight, you know, they play the one, you know, they could give them a run for their money if they lock things down defensively. But overall, like, I will look at, you know, the, the teams that are pretty good on both ends of the floor, right? That seems to be the recipe and how far you go to the playoffs. A lot of people talk about, you know, the big five, right? Obviously, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, and Houston. And I think Houston's a team you have to watch out for. Like, I put them in that echelon with those other four teams. Um, I know. That Don't tell Joe Tansy had... that. Don't tell him he yelled at me when I said that. Yeah, I love him. I love him. Cougars, man. Everybody loves a Cougar, right? <laughs> I love the Houston Cougars. And I think that, you know, they could – I want to see how it shakes out. They're probably going to be a two-seed. I think they can get it done. I think when you look at, like – Ken Palm and some of these rankings, you know, the adjusted efficiency percentages, like all these teams in the Big Ten are playing each other, and they're all kind of getting credit just for playing each other. As weird as it sounds, like we always see, like, you know, teams, these Big Ten teams beat up each other, and we say, we kind of look past some of their warts because we say, oh, well, the level of competition they're playing. And I don't think it's a situation where all the great teams are in the Big Ten. Like, I think some of these teams, like Iowa and Ohio State, are going to have a real hard time in the tournament. Okay, Mark. So right now we're coming at the end. I have a bet down at five and a half for Oklahoma. Okay. So we were in a situation that I laid five and a half on Oklahoma in the first half. They were up by eight with 14 seconds left. And now Iowa State had the ball, obviously, with the shot clock off. And a three-pointer would have ruined that bet. Luckily, uh, Rasier Bolton ended up driving into the lane and trying for a bucket. Didn't make it. So we're cashing, Mark Drumheller. We're cashing first-half bets. I, I enjoy those a lot more. I know four-day sweats like seeing a job. I said are fun. I like it when I can get maybe a cash early. 
19 seconds sounds fine, and I wish I could get that kind of bet, but I'll take a first-half cash. So we're cashing here on the line changer. We're doing that with Mark Drumheller, at X underscore Drumheller. Everybody has, and I think it's time to start having these conversations as we, as we get closer to the tournament, everybody has kind of their either scientific or superstitious way of picking the tournament. What are some things that you look at and uh, things that we could honestly look up right now about some of these teams that we know are going to make the tournament uh, as we're doing our homework, getting ready for the uh, March Madness NCAA tournament? What are kind of your ways of, of betting it and looking through it? Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, you want to look at the teams that are in the top efficiency in both offense and defense, right? And, you know, where you set those thresholds, you know, on both ends is is going to kind of determine, you know, which teams you weed out. But you really need to be able to play. You need to be balanced in this tournament because you're not going to have your go-to every night. Like, if you're a team like West Virginia who doesn't have the defense they used to, and you know, but they can score a lot better than they used to, or a lot better offensively, what happens in that game where you just don't have it offensively? You know, you end up being out. You end up getting knocked out. So, you really have to be balanced. Um, I think when I look at teams that I think can go far, I look at that. And when I look at teams in the lower seeds that could upset are teams that have just a high volatility, high variance in one specific area. So it could be like a team that, you know, is very, very strong defensively and not strong at all offensively. You can pick them to kind of make some noise because, if their game is on defensively, they can play with anybody, right? You know what I mean? Or if they get streaky offensively on the other end, they can. That sort of thing. So when I'm looking at teams that can upset, I look at high variance. When I look at teams that go further, I look at more balanced teams. Yeah, and just to note that usually teams that do end up winning the NCAA tournament, they usually cover almost all of their games on their way through. Teams that have won uh, the tournament have done very well against the spread throughout the tournament from round one all the way up until the national championship game. So that is one thing to look for. Speaking of national championship, what are the teams you're looking at? Is it only strictly Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan, or are how how deep are we going for championship odds? We're going to Houston, right? Yeah, Houston would be down there. They're plus two thousand. <laughs> yeah, they're I, down I, there. Yeah, I think I include them, but I, I really would probably. Um, I'm going to like I said, I want to see their path, but I think that they might be my play. Um, you know, I'm not real sure. If not, it's probably going to be one of the top four teams. But, you know, they all kind of have their warts. Like, you know, Baylor had the COVID issues. Now they seem like they're back and they're strong and, and everything's fine, right? But this tournament's a little bit of a, you know, war of attrition in some sense. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you have Michigan dealing with injuries now. Illinois just got done dealing with injuries, right? So health is going to be important in how those players come back and how they're able to um, – you know, perform in in the tournament deep down the stretch. But I, I do, I really think it's a five-team race. Uh, you know, you have your other teams in there that, you know, might be able to make some noise. But when I look at those other teams in the Big Ten, like Iowa, uh, Ohio State, just don't think they're good enough defensively. You know, even West Virginia, a lot of people like coming out of the Big 12, not good enough defensively. Villanova, obviously we know they're having their issues, right? So, I think a team like that's going to be really interesting, just not only where they get seeded, but, you know, what the line is in their first-round matchup. Like, if they're a three-seed, uh, you know, depending on who they face in the, in, the, in the first round, you know, I wonder what that line's going to look like because that team seems, you know, completely different 
um, due to what they've been going through. Yeah, and it, it's going to be, I hate to say hard, but it's it's really tough to handicap the, the futures for the championship odds because we look at those three teams so highly, especially Gonzaga and Baylor, and I think Michigan mm-hmm. as well we're starting to look at, that it, it tends to make us not go too far down or look outside of that. Is it maybe better to just look for Final Four odds? Is that maybe the better market, knowing that, okay, Either Gonzaga or Baylor, you know, one of them might not make the Final Four, so that could be an open spot, and, and one of them could still win. But is that maybe the better market where you can go a little bit deeper and you can find some teams that you do like? Uh, which one have you been going for? Because I think to make the Final Four is something that I just feel a little bit more comfortable with, knowing that the the odds are of Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor all getting in are pretty low. Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking to get that long shot, like you probably you know, want to look at the final four odds instead of the championship odds, because I honestly don't think that you're going to see some Cinderella team, you know, come through and then run through Gonzaga and Baylor on their path to to the finals. Right. So that's probably, you know, too steep of a, of a climb, but you know, they, they realistically could get into the final four. So you look at, you know, some of those surprise teams that you like when the brackets come out, like, Hey, if this team can catch an upset here, this could be a path for them. Um, you know, and take it. And that's, that's a really good point. I think that that's probably the angle to go if you're looking to, you know, latch on to some of these long shots or some of these lower teams. Or maybe like a Loyola that could, like, sneak up and, you know, go a lot further than um, some teams might expect. You know, maybe pick them to go Final Four or whatnot, depending on their path. Um, because I just think, you know, I do really think that this season it is it's going to be one of those top five teams. Yeah, most likely will, and that's what we're looking at. And I think you made a good point as well. I Gonzaga, sure, Baylor, sure, they, they might be the closest we have in the NCAA tournament and in college basketball this season to sort of flawless or perfect, but the rest of the field, and I would say even Michigan, all have their flaws, and it seems like you're picking styles at this point. And that's why I look at a team like Houston and why I, I continue to be drawn by them, because they play a completely different style. They're a very tough, guard-heavy uh, defensive team that's very physical, and it works out well for them, and they've been winning a lot of games doing it. And then Iowa, they're a team that is individual player that really carries them offensively in Luka Garza. They have been better on defense, but that's their main concern. It just seems like there are a, a very heavily flawed teams, even at the top of this uh, bracket that we're going to see. Yeah, they're soft, and they don't play defense. So it's, you know, like, how is that going to – they're not going to outscore everyone all the way through the tournament and lean on one guy. And, you know, sure, that might work for a couple rounds, but, you know, eventually it's going to catch up with them. But, I mean, I can see them even with an early exit. You know, some of these teams are going to leave early. It happens every year um, in the tournament. So I think a team like that that doesn't play any defense, if they run into the, the wrong matchup to where they're playing a team that has great perimeter shooting, can shoot the lights out, and they get red hot, then – you know, it's going to be a high-scoring game, and, and as we know in any sport, you know, you have these high-scoring games, there's a ton of variance, and that's an opportunity to bet the dog and take advantage. So Selection Sunday is going to be fun because when, when everything gets out, it's like now you have all the puzzle pieces, and you can kind of, you know, put them together and kind of figure out how it happens. And then you'll put it together and you'll say, ah, oh, you know what, I got too many upsets. And then you adjust it a little bit, and then yeah, I got too much chalk. And you go back and forth. And that's really the best part about putting the brackets together. 
You think a lot of people are going to be maybe too heavily on Villanova being upset in the first round? I can see that happening, and then Villanova comes out and just is... Uh, because obviously they're missing Colin Gillespie. They could possibly have Justin Moore back in time for the tournament, but... You know, I, I have a feeling that Villanova is going to be heavily bet on uh, or faded on, and we're going to see them picked for an upset in the first round. But that's that's one of those where I just kind of want to fade the public if that's the case, right? Well, it's tough because it's local, right? And this is what it reminds me of. So last year when the Sixers were in the bubble, right, we got the hype videos, and it was like, <laughs> like Ben Simmons was like, Toronto, you know what I mean? Yeah, or, or you know, or right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And look, Orlando, I wasn't one of these right? people, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. I had them being swept <laughs> no. in Boston or against Boston. We were getting all emotional, <laughs> right? But every every you know betting podcast I listen to, people I respect, right? You know, Slack channels, all that good stuff. We're all running, like all national people were running from the Sixers as far as they can run. They're like they're absolutely. You cannot bet this team. They have no chance in the bubble. Forget about it. Brett Brown's a mess. Team's a mess. You got to run, right? And I was like, oh, no, there's value here. Everybody's running from them, right? And there was no value, right? They get smoked against Boston, and they were out. And I think it could be the same thing with Villanova. We want Villanova to succeed because they're local, and we think that, like, okay, like, now we're going to fade the people fading them because they're fading them too much, right? But I just think that, you know, bad team. Like I said, I think this, the line will be interesting in the first round because – um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the market thinks of them. Uh, maybe they're a play on against the spread in the first round. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it'll be interesting. We could get a short line with Villanova that we might be able to take advantage of in the right matchup, but, um, hometown team in a bad spot, man. I don't, I think that's usually a pass for me. Which hometown team are you going to be on more in the tournament, Villanova or Drexel? Oh, whichever <laughs> one's standing last, right? I'm going to be on both of them. It's, it's, when they lose, I'll get off the train, but uh, I'm going to be on both of them. Obviously, you know, we're not, you know, we don't get, you know, we had some success with Villanova, but, you know, a lot of the local teams here at Temple and stuff doesn't go too far. So um, we got to enjoy every win we get in the tournament with the local team. Yes, man. we do. So I'll be on them both, man. Drexel was fun last drag. night. I don't know if you watched the game, but I had fun with it last night. I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, but it's an awesome story. You know what I mean? And it's great. I mean, it's great for the city of Philadelphia. And it's great for the kids, you know what I mean? And it's really, you know, I'm excited, you know, for them going forward. So, you know, it should be good. But I'm on both of them, man. I'll, I'll take either of them. we got to get all the chips we can in the middle. Last thing for Mark Drumheller. Follow him at X underscore Drumheller, the sports wagering wizard here on The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. You're tuned in to the line change. Uh, you're a hockey guy, and we talked hockey to start this segment. Uh, are you a big hockey guy on ESPN? Are you excited for that? I am. I, it'll be nice because I hate having to dig for hockey on the app. Oh, it's the like, war. Or you, oh, oh. you get to their setup because they weren't doing the games. They kind of like hide the sports that they don't get involved in. So to be good. Well, it's, it's that, uh, but uh, the company that does carry a lot of NHL games on right now, I'm not, I'm not too big of a fan on when it comes to watching sports on those channels. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not. But, uh, you know, so yeah, I am. I mean, listen, the more publicity hockey get, I think it's a hockey playoffs is probably the most exciting playoffs in all four sports. You know what I mean? I think that there's, you know, you get a little bit of fatigue during the season. I think because they used to play so many games, I think it's nice they're only doing 56 this year. Um, I would probably be in favor for even less, to be honest with you. I think these, these games should be more marquee type matchups. 
um, you know, instead of like fatigue and, you know, I understand they got to make money and stuff, but hockey's a brutal sport, man. These players are going through it. And I, I, you know, I think less games would be more in the NHL, but the fact that it's going to be on ESPN getting more attention, more attention on sports center, um, you know, more eyes on it. I think that's only good for the game. Yeah. I'm excited for it because they have a couple of very good hockey guys. I know Steve Levy was involved in it. John Boutergross. Uh, who's the other guy, the analyst that they, they talk to a lot, uh, NHL stuff and they still do in the crease with them. He's been with ESPN for the long time and I completely forget his name, but they actually have a lot of good hockey, uh, hockey guys that they can work with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Listen, nobody does sports. I mean, ESPN does a great job, you know. So the fact that the NHL is back with them, I think it's only going to be good. It's going to be good for the game. Yeah, and, and it's and, it's more value for my ESPN Plus subscription too. <laughs> feel like I feel like I'm getting absolutely. a lot of my money's worth for four ninety nine a month. <laughs> yeah, you get all the late night games. You know, you get the FCS footballs on there. So I love ESPN. Plus. Oh, FCS! I completely forgot about that. <laughs> How'd you yeah. do? How have you been doing lately? Last week was not good. So last week we were one and three, um, which wasn't great. That was really the only week where we really lost. We we're kind of splitting each week. So we, we went down to looking to get back in. It got three more bets in locked in um, for this weekend, but it was just a, a weird week. I felt, I mean, I had a, uh, you know, I had some games where I thought, you know, I had New Hampshire on the one Friday night game and they, you know, pretty much had control of the game fumbled in the red zone, lost control of the game, was still able to get the ball back. They were at the seven-yard line. They were down four points, um, you know, and they they first and goal from the seven with, like, less than a minute left. And offsides, they got pushed back. They didn't end up getting in. We didn't get the cover. But, but yeah, one of them right side wrong results thing. But, you know, there's a lot of that. But it was, you know, some crazy – Crazy things going on in the FCS. Scoring is a little bit down, and there's a little bit of volatility. But uh, you know, I like I said, I, I'm comfortable in what I took this week. Lines came out, hopped right on them. So hopefully, we get back on the winning track. Oh, uh, you'll get back on the winning track. You always do, Mark Drumheller. Uh, you, you you work too hard, and you you look at the numbers too well to uh, not get back on the winning ways. And yeah, FCS. I guess uh, were you expecting a little volatility there with with the FCS and the fact that it's spring and you know everything's different. I was, I was, but I think as we get into this season, like we can kind of see it's hard because, you know, a little bit, a lot like the XFL, you'll see this is um, in the first couple of weeks, it's a little hard because it's like the teams that don't perform well offensively, right? You build that into your handicap and you fade them. And then, but they might go like the first couple of weeks is the time is when they will go to the backup quarterback. Like, they don't wait until the seventh week or whatnot because it's too late for them at this point. They're only playing six games. Uh, you know, so, um, it, you know, so they'll go to that backup quarterback earlier. We saw that with, you know, Youngstown State. We saw that with a couple teams. You know, Youngstown State was a team that scored seven points, um, in two games, in their first two games. And, you know, they went to their backup quarterback, a little more spark offensively. They were able to lose the ball a little bit better. So you see kind of little things like that to kind of change up the handicap. Um, but I think things are starting to settle down. We kind of have an idea of, you know, what teams are in the position they are and for what reasons. And, you know, that's kind of half the battle, right? And it's, you know, the good part about it is is that all the top teams play with a lot of motivation because a lot of their games are in conference. And you really can't lose too many games or you're not going to get those at-large bids. So a lot of the good teams in the tough conferences realize that, they only get one error. So once they get one, that one loss, they're thrown out the kitchen sink. So that kind of 
takes away some of the volatility because you know that how important these games are for these teams down the stretch. If you weren't sure why we called him the sports wagering wizard, I think this segment tells you why. NHL, college basketball, and a little bit of FCS football. He does it all. Mark Drumheller at X underscore Drumheller on Twitter. Great talking to you tonight. And, of course, we'll hear from you Friday on the Daily Ticket. Look forward to it. Sounds good, John. Thanks for having me.